Hello, folks. It is Season 8, Episode 11 of the Knickknack Podcast. Season... well, yeah, I already said that, didn't I? Season 8, Episode 11, and I think I'm going to call this one Against the Wind because it has aviation tie-ins, and it's also a great Bob Seger song. And I'm probably titled one that before, but I don't care because I'm definitely flying against the wind at the moment. And yes, that's how you take off, but it's also a pain in the rear end. So I will describe that and the many other things that are on my brain in just a moment. In the meantime, enjoy the music of Josh Elkenberry and Raindrop Rhapsody. Uh, Google Josh Elkenberry, if you please. Um, I don't mention his name often enough. Uh, This is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful piece of music, and thank you for letting me use it, Josh. Alright, if I could just get myself together and get through a podcast episode, I might feel better about myself. I have had a really long weekend, a really, really long weekend, and I don't particularly recall how it started. Um, I hung out with a friend for the second time on Wednesday, And I'm trying to figure out if these hangouts are just hangouts or they're dates. And I can't figure that out. Um, And I feel like if they are dates, then I'm the one that reached out to her. So therefore, the impetus would be on me to do something about it. And I just don't have the confidence, really, to do anything about it. Because, you know, we keep going into this romantic you know, conversation about, uh, I don't know, dreaming of romance, uh, what our different ideas are about it, and, you know, she gave me something, a simple target to aim for, that if, I suppose if I figured out how to hit the target, it wouldn't be that hard, but, um, you know, it's just a simple matter of what she wants is, you know, someone to say the right things when she's down and it's like okay well that's easy enough except that I don't know what the right things to say are um you know I naturally I think a good listener uh, as long as I'm not conversation dominating which I can do from time to time obviously and um I don't know I'm just wondering what the next step is I've been reading things about body language and I even got the geek's guide to dating because damn it I'm sick of being single and even if this particular I suppose possibility doesn't come to fruition um there's got to be people out there um you know socially inept uh, geek-like people like myself, um, male or female, I don't give a shit at this point, honestly. I prefer female, but, you know, um, I just want somebody to, um, cuddle and kiss me. Really, it's that simple. Um, I'm not really after much more than that, not immediately, at least anyway. And, then, of course, there's this other problem that I'm wrestling with, really wrestling with, uh, especially with uh, this person as a potential, and that is that I can overdo it really quickly, really, really quickly, um, and without going into the details, um, thus exposing the person, thus getting myself in, myself in trouble, and thus uh, losing this person's trust, which I don't want to do, Um, I feel like I am in a special boat, um, in a boat that 
doesn't have a lot of people willing to get into the boat. And when somebody is willing to get into the boat, hell, even, uh, you know, hemi an oar or dip their toe into the boat, I'm like, oh, a person is in my boat. Holy shit, a person is in my boat. Right, you know, raise the alarms. A person is in my boat. Holy crap. I better hang on to this person lest they get away. And part of that's instinctual, I think. Uh, and part of that is me doing my self-sabotage thingy. Um, and I don't know. The first time I really had what I would call a mutual relationship. Um, let's see. I used my typical, typical annoy the person until they agree to a date with you, which is not the best tactic in the world, but it worked. And then we had the first date, and it wasn't great, but it was kind of okay, you know. It was, didn't pick the best location or time, and she told me as such. It's like, well, sorry, uh, you know, I would do better, but we both get off of work at, like, you know, midnight. So, uh, you know, the options are kind of crappy. Um, but, um, of course, that date, I, I took out of all out of it, as much out of it as I could, um, because it was, you know, really the first date I had had up to that point in my life. And, let's see, that was 2009. So, I was... 25, I want to say. Uh, 25 going... No, no, properly 25. Because it was like May. Uh, so properly 25, I'd say. And it was the first real date I had had. And it went pretty well. It didn't go great, but it went pretty well. And uh, we went on, I don't know, five, six dates. Something like that. Um, but of course... Uh, in between our first date and our second date, uh, that was when my dad decided to park his motorcycle conveniently under an SUV. And, well, that kind of screwed a lot of things up. Uh, screwed a lot of things up Well, my life was just beginning to uh, get on course, or what I felt like was on course at the time. And, you know, naturally, when something like that happens, um, you know, it's just it just so happened at the time that my mom was not getting along with my dad, so I couldn't exactly go to my mom and say, hold me, uh, which is really what I wanted instinctually at that point, because I was scared, and, you know, you never want to lose your dad, no matter where your relationship is with him. Uh, I still don't, even though I don't have a good relationship with him and will continue to not have a good relationship with him so long as he lets my evil wannabe stepmother control his life. Um, so that's well stated and out there and very bluntly stated. Um, and again, I don't know if I address the issue specifically of why I hate her, but I'm trying to go in a logical order at the moment, so maybe I'll come back to that. Um, but anyway, I, in, in thinking about this previous relationship, I way overdid it way too quickly. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, she was kind of geeky and, you know, didn't, hadn't really had a boyfriend. I, you know, I gave her her first kiss for God's sakes. Um, you know, so she didn't know what the hell she was doing. I barely knew what the hell I was doing. In fact, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I kissed one person before that and took ages got to just to get to that point. Um, I had to like beg her to kiss me. Actually, uh, even the geek, uh, fun to talk to girl, I had to pretty much beg her to kiss me. So uh, that's what my social life is like. So that was the first um, girl that I dated and she broke up with me and I was a mess from my dad's accident anyway, and my financial situation was such that I had to move out of Seattle proper, which is where I was living at the time, uh, and into the cruddy suburbs so I could be closer to my job, which is at uh, the Walmart Marysville, Washington at the time. 
uh, another hell all into itself, the only bright spot of which was meeting fun to talk to girl at that Walmart. Um, so my life was a mess. I was pushing carts in the rain, and just one day I decided, oh, I'm going to drive home. I'm just, fuck it, I'm driving back to Chico. I'll get my shit later. And that's what I did. Uh, that was, God, what year was that? That was the end of 2009. And then uh, the next time I ventured out, oh, no, no, uh, I kind of got my shit together. In Chico, anyway. And, um, you know, got this crush on this girl that was, you know, wholly inappropriate. We, She kind of worked for me, not really. Um, but we knew each other through work. And, you know, it was a simple matter of, well, I just want to ask her really on a get-together after work. I wouldn't even call it a date. Like, it's like, let's go get some shakes and maybe I'll kiss you on the cheek. That was what I was thinking. And I go to kiss her on the cheek, and she turns towards me and gives me the most passionate kiss I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, I was never expecting to get such a passionate kiss. Never, ever, ever in my life. So I was kind of like, what the fuck is this? And that led ultimately to um, loss of virginity, state, and, uh, also loss of job, state, and ultimately, uh, to a relationship that was not intellectual at all, from my perspective, you know, she was, you know, she had special needs, and I have special needs, but not to that degree, uh, nowhere near that degree. Um, I can carry on an intelligent conversation. She could not. And that ended up being a huge factor. So I got out of that, finally, by moving to Washington for the second time. Um, and then I had a few, uh, you know, one-sided chasing exercises. Um, I chased Lena in various phases. Um, throughout the last, on and off for the last three years, I think. Um, and that's really, you know, just told me off a couple times, and I'm trying to deal with that. Uh, and who else have I chased? Um, uh, Chase, I've chased, what's, let's call her Debbie. Um, and I met Debbie in class a couple years ago, and, um, I don't know, Debbie was, initially I kind of like, you know, helped Debbie with a homework assignment because I kind of understood what was going on in the class at the beginning of the semester and then towards the end of the semester I was just as confused as Debbie. Uh, so, you know, we kind of got along and it got to the point in my algorithm where we need to get, do something together. We need to do something together. We need to do something together over and over and over again and I was getting nowhere. Um, so it's kind of like, all right, screw it. Uh, it's Christmas vacation. Everybody's going to be off anyway. I'll try something new next semester. Uh, meanwhile, I met Sally, and Sally is, uh, the person that I'm interested in now. Um, so I had kind of an interesting incident about a month ago, uh, mid-October, so I was getting, trying to get past the Lena thing, uh, and in the process of getting past the Lena thing, I um, did the OK Cupid thing, which I've always been on, so far as I can remember anyway. I've been on OK Cupid a long time. It's never really worked, um, but I got in touch with this girl called called Heather, um, and throughout. The later part of September into mid-October, we were talking, and, you know, she made it sound like she was dating somebody, and, you know, it wasn't going to happen, but she still wanted to talk and be friends. It's like, okay, that's cool. Uh, you know, I'll take a friend. I'll take anything at this point, really, because I'm just sad and lonely, and 
you know, narcoleptic and sleeping all day. Uh, that's what how hellish my weekend has been. Um, so this created an environment where, you know, I was kind of talking to Heather, but then I stopped talking to Heather because Heather said she was busy. And then I was kind of sitting there. I got a new phone. I got a new phone actually a while ago. And I was going through old numbers and I was just scratching my head going, who the hell can I call? Um, Especially after, what I call her, uh, especially after I tried to hang out with Sarah, but Sarah was all, yeah, fuck off. Um, so that like hit me hard and that was like early October. So it was just like post Sarah, uh, you know, so I, now I have, uh, Sally in my phone, still sitting there, my old phone. And I also have Debbie in my old phone and I, naturally, quite naturally, because you never delete a girl's phone number, ever, 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 or at least I don't, uh, I transferred the number, both numbers, and I texted Sally, uh, and I don't remember exactly what I texted, I suppose I could get the phone out and verbatim say what I texted, but again, that would make public what was a private conversation and I've learned that that's bad form so I'm not going to do that um but it was something like hey I got a new number this is Nicholas from class programming class like two years ago um how are you just as simple as that um you know we talked a little bit via text and we ended up meeting for coffee uh, at Starbucks, which is my ideal first date. Um, and then the second time we got together, uh, we ended up watching TV shows at her place. And third time we get together, or at least the plan is, assuming all plans don't go to pieces, uh, knock on wood, and I'm literally knocking on, well, my desk is not made out of wood, but let's pretend it is. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't fall apart because I'm now getting, I've now been getting myself worked out about this for the better part of a week. Um, and I'm trying not to, but of course, the harder I try not to get myself worked up, the harder, the more I get worked up. Uh, and that sucks. But, uh, add that to screwing medications, make me, you know, I did a bunch of flying, uh, Friday. I want to say, uh, it was either Thursday or Friday, uh, into Saturday, uh, I flew, I want to say, from Seattle to Tokyo, Tokyo to Honolulu, Honolulu, back to Seattle, Seattle to London, and then on Saturday, which was the last time I flew, um, London back to, uh, San Francisco, which was a god-awfully long flight. Uh, flight simulator also happened to freeze in the middle of that flight, thus annoying me more. Uh, so I've since re-enabled autosave, and we'll see if how that, how badly that affects my performance. Um, and also, buying a, uh, the black box simulations uh, A330 over the weekend, because I'm, you know, reading this uh, the Flight of Safe, Safety book um, by Carlene Petit, and, uh, you know, I'm reading about all about the A330, which she flies, um, and now I'm finding myself, oh, I'm very curious about the Airbus. I want to figure out the, this darn mystery of the Airbus. I have the um, Aerosoft Airbus extended, and I kind of have it figured out, kind of. Um, I can't land without... Uh, screwing up the throttle power or um, or breaking the gear, at least in um, FS Captain or FS Passengers, but um, I kind of I kind of get the idea. Um, so I'm working on that uh, with the A320, and I've had problems with the 
PMDG 737 lately, and that kind of boggles my mind. That makes me really worried about my hand-eye coordination and how much it, that is suffering uh, as a side effect of the uh, Depakote and uh, Gavapentin slash uh, Neurontin at the moment, and those are both mood stabilizers that are originally intended, anyway, as um, anticonvulsants, and they're both having the effect at the moment of really screwing with my hand-eye motor coordination, and my hand-eye mo motor coordination is already crappy to begin with, so this is making it worse, and if I have any hope of doing anything romantic whatsoever, uh, at any point in future time whatsoever, uh, I'm gonna have to work this out, so that's not making me real happy at the moment. So, between this and that, and just feeling tired and crappy all weekend, uh, I've been trying to combat it. Uh, I didn't do a very good job today. Uh, I stayed up, I don't know, I, th I think I passed out, almost literally passed out, um, after I finished flying on Saturday. Uh, and I did that around 3 p.m., 2.30, 3 p.m. And I slept for, I don't know, five hours. Four or five hours. Got up, walked walk the dog, fed the dog. Was up for a while, doing internet things, mainly refreshing my Facebook, see, seeing if anything interesting happened, which it didn't. And then... Uh, on Sunday, I because I had woken up early, I stayed awake for a while, and then eventually went to bed, probably around 4, between 4 and 6 a.m. Uh, no, I went to bed earlier than that, and I woke up at 6 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, so I was up at 6 a.m. on Sunday. I did my radio show at 3 p.m. on Sunday, and I just did an hour. That's what's on the schedule. So that's what I do on Sundays, for the moment, anyway. And I finished that, and I was really tired, so I took the dog for a walk. And I came back, and I went to bed. And I woke up a couple hours later, and found myself uh, awake and bored at, I don't know, about 10 at night, just like I am right now. And instead of recording podcast, I just kind of... Uh, you know, did some Facebooking and found that I was still a member of uh, Masters of Songfu, and uh, I'm still miraculously uh, still friends with. Um, oh gosh, um, I don't remember her name. Uh, Nicole Dicker, Dicker of Hello the Future and. Uh, Gosh. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Uh, I want to say Debbie. I can look it up on Facebook. Why don't I do that so I don't sound like a complete tool? Uh, I want to say it's Deborah. But that doesn't sound right. Uh, I'll try searching Deborah. Denise! Denise Hudson. Um, and what's her band called? Uh, doo -doo -doo. It doesn't say. Um, but anyway, she does music. And uh, I met her through Songfu uh, 2012 or something. Um, and I think both her and Nicole had a birthday over the weekend or something, which probably crossed my radar and made me think about it at some level. Uh, that and somebody told me to write song, song lyrics, which I just recently did. Um, they're more about my uh, dilemma with Sally than they were about uh, what I was asked to write them about, but yeah, I wrote song lyrics, so uh, that's something. But anyway... Uh, I started looking at Song Fu, and I started kind of, uh, I don't know, revi revisiting my geek interests. Um, and I have kind of this set of geek songs that I regular, 
regularly play on my radio show uh, that ran across my attention at some point. Um, and I probably have the list of songs in my played history somewhere in here. Um, but I played them a while ago. Uh, so then I may not be immediately in my played history. So, uh, okay. Lemon Demon, Geeks in Love. Um, Jonathan Mann, If It's Not About Zoe Quinn, Stop Talking About Her. Uh, and I realized that's, I realized the other day that wasn't radio appropriate, so I'm not going to air that one again. Uh, I could play it on the podcast, though, uh, as long as Jonathan's okay with it. Uh, but I don't know him personally, really, so I don't really want to ask, because uh, I don't know yet. And, you know, I'd like to connect with these people because I wish I were a geek songwriter and I want to be that, but I realize my voice sucks, so I can't be that, really. Um, Molly Lewis said, all makes sense at the end. Spec, conventional lover. Uh, Jonathan Colton, Code Monkey, that's a classic. Uh, Big Bang Theory theme by the Bare Naked Ladies. Ellen McLean, Still Alive, another classic. Uh, the Guild, I'm the one that's cool. Um, Felicia Day and Guild cast, really. Um, and the double clicks with nothing to prove. And I may risk, I may hope that, um, God, I'm so bad with names. And, well, actually, what's going on is these damn, um, uh, damn prescriptions are screwing with my mind, and I can't remember. It's Aubrey and damn it, Aubrey and someone else. And it's awful that I don't remember this. Um, I'll do a Google real quick so I don't really, really, really look bad. Although, I'm sure it's probably too late for that. Let's see. Aubrey and Angela. Angela, okay. Uh, Angela Weber and Aubrey Weber. Um, Known as the Double Clicks. And I played nothing to prove, because I think it's particularly relevant right now, and considering that I'm trying to date a geek girl anyway, um, again, it would be good uh, to play that, and to show support for that, because Gamergate is nothing short of bullshit. And let me be clear here, uh, just in case you're uh, a dick, and break Wheaton's Law and want to target any of the people or singers, really, perform performers that I mentioned here, uh, don't do it, because I will release the wrath of the internet upon you. Um, I'm a man with a mic, and actually, let's be more general here, since we're talking fem- feminism, and rightly so. Um, I'm a person with a mic, and you don't piss off a person with a mic. Seriously. You'll regret it. Um, so yeah, that, that's my geek set. Uh, double clicks, nothing to prove. The guild. Um, I usually go with do you want to date my avatar? This time I went with I'm the one that's cool. Um, I'm probably going to go with uh, do you want to date my avatar next time because it's more radio friendly. Uh, Al McLean's Still Alive, that's written by Jonathan Colton. Uh, Jonathan Colton, Code Monkey, uh, Spec Conventional Lover, Molly Lewis, it all makes sense in the end, and she has a number of other ones, good ones. Um, I hope you forget about your MySpace. Um, and she has a couple other good ones, a lot of other good ones. Uh, Jonathan Mann has some great songs. 
uh, Lemon Demon has some great songs, and that's kind of my core. I'm trying to expand it a little bit. So, uh, if you are a geek troubadour, uh, troubadour, uh, ukulele YouTube person, um, and you have songs, please let me know. Um, I'm going to do a major, major plug. Um, oh, crud. I was going to do a major, major plug, um, but I should probably find the event first before I try to do a major, major plug, because that's going to make me sound like an idiot again, and we don't want to do that, uh, or at least I don't want to do that. Okay, and no, that's not what I'm looking for. Live concerts, that's where I'm going to find it. Isn't it fun? listening to me rather than watching me fumble around with the internet. I think it's fun. Uh, come on. Load page. Oh, I'm already on that page. Duh. Let's see. If you are lucky enough to be in Seattle, uh, then one, I hate you because you're in Seattle and I'm not, and that sucks for me. Uh, and two, Molly Lewis... Uh, and the Double Clicks are putting on an original Thanksgiving musical. Uh, actually, it says here in the notes, an original Thanksgiving musical by Molly Lewis featuring the Double Clicks. Uh, tickets are $25, uh, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Triple Door in Seattle, and I think that's in... Capitol Hill, but I'm not sure. But either way, uh, if you're in Seattle, go to that. Otherwise, I will be mad at you. Uh, and also, another plug for the double clicks here because they're awesome. And I'm about to play one of their songs. Uh, they do live streams, which I think is incredibly cool. They actually have a lot of YouTube videos up. Uh, and considering that's what started this whole genre, that really makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but what they did was they um, get out of there, Sergeant Pepper. Uh, they uh, host kind of a monthly uh, YouTube concert. And you can go to their website, the uh, thedoubleclicks.com slash upcoming in this case. Um, and you see the banner for it, um, and they do a free YouTube show. Uh, in this case, the 26th of November at 6 p.m. Uh, and they take requests and uh, do all sorts of cool things and have callers and all sorts of cool things. Uh, they had Molly Lewis on before. Uh, uh, I wasn't... We're not sure if it was Paul or Storm, but one of the band members from Paul and Storm was on. Um, I'm midway through watching that one. Uh, and it just says live stream from Road from the Road Part One, the double clicks and Paul and Storm and Molly Lewis. So that's the one I'm watching right now. Before I said, oh well, as much as I'm enjoying watching this, I should probably get off my lazy duckus and actually do something. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, they're just, they're cool. They're really, really cool. And I wish I lived in Portland, or I wish I lived in Seattle, because they do Portland and Seattle a lot. Anyway, uh, back to this whole uh, Gamergate thing. Um, and this whole uh, female geeks are not worthy sort of thing. Uh, let me say two things. Thing number one, and I am trying to say this as, in a way that's as appropriate as possible. Uh, thing number one is, personally, as a male geek, I want there to be more female geeks. Now, I say this for two reasons. Uh, one, if female geeks were a bigger part of the geek uh, community, 
then there would be less, um, what's the word? Uh, there would be less, uh, stigma, there we go, about female geeks, because it would just be, oh, there's male geeks and there's female geeks, there's just geeks, there wouldn't be a distinction, uh, thus alleviating a big part of the problem. Uh, which makes me think that the other reason I want there to be, be more female geeks is kind of me being part of the problem. Um, but being male-brained, I'm sorry, you know, males want females, this is just the way it goes, and you have to suppress it as much as you can, and to pretend you don't care, um, and you can stuff it down deep, deep, deep inside, and say, oh, the caveman, I'm ignoring the caveman, the caveman can go to hell, uh, but eventually it seeps out somehow, some way. Um, so, in that regard, I wish there were more geek girls, because I would love to date a geeky girl. Even though I, I've done it once, I would like another shot at dating a geeky girl, and hopefully not screwing it up this time. So, in the feminist sen sense of, I think women can do everything a man can, probably better in most respects, um... You know, there's there's things where no, I don't, no I'm not going to go that down that road. I I think that the female gender is clearly the superior sex. Clearly, um, yes, it really hurts when you kick a guy in the balls, but I have no doubt that pushing a kid through a small hole has got to hurt more. It's got to. Um, and then the whole thing of carrying a kid inside you, and the whole, all the bullshit women are forced to put up with, not only biologically, but also uh, on a societal level. Me, personally, I would prefer it if, you know, I was the one that, you know, didn't have have to have the stigma of being all manly and being all masculine and being all, oh, I've got to ask her out, she can't ask me out, or, oh, I've got to, I've got to have a job to support her, if I don't have a job to support her, I'm a loser, she can have a job, hell, she can support me, hell, I, I would love that, then I could just, you know, load the dishwasher and, uh, you know, I could be, to some extent, a lazy git, and really not have to worry about it. Um, of course, it would be better, I think, um, if we both didn't have to work, and we could just enjoy spending time together, because that's the whole point. But, I digress. Um, I think men and women are equal, and in most respects. And I think anything... You know, anything that a man can do, a woman can do, and a woman can probably do it better. So, this whole bullshit about women can't be gamers, women can't be geeks, seriously, shut the fuck up. Women can be gamers, women can be geeks. In fact, women are gamers, women are geeks. Most gamers are women. Look up the facts. Seriously. And yes, there is a large demographic of women over 40, I think. Maybe it's 50. It's either 40 or 50, I don't remember. It's been a while since I uh, went to uh, college and majored in game design. But in any case, uh, most women who game are into casual games, or things like The Sims, uh, or things like Katamari Dharmacy, or uh, things like that. And, you know, they're statistically, anyway, uh, most females are not playing, um, you know, uh, uh, Call of Duty. But then again, I don't play Call of Duty. Shit, the only game I have for my PS3 is 
they will be the show, and that's really the only reason I got uh, the PS3, aside from wanting a DVD player and eventually a Blu-ray player if I ever got a TV that can handle it, um, was because I wanted to play MLB The Show, and MLB The Show does not work on Xbox, so hey, I own a PS3 now. Uh, you know, and if I could, if I could afford it, I'd get Rock Band again, and um, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, if I could afford it, and maybe a few other games, but I doubt it. You know, I'm I'm over here in Simulation Corner, in Flight Sim Corner, in Sim City Corner, in The Sims Corner, in um, Train Sim Corner, so I mean, I'm not in this, at the center, at the heart of geek culture, I don't really play RPGs. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. I would like the chance to, but really, I haven't had the practical chance. Um, I played a little bit of Scion, uh, but not a lot um, through this woman Sally. Uh, unfortunately, her selling Scion group is full. I get the funny feeling that was part that's partly because I was flaky last time and I'm sorry again about that Sally um, I was sick I still don't know why um, yuck um, anyway uh, I hope this thing with Sally works I hope I don't screw this up and I also hope that the gamer Females out there, uh, the uh, geeky females, you have nothing to prove. You have nothing to hide. You, uh, there is no shame. Be pride. Be proud of who you are, and screw anyone that thinks otherwise. And I have a hard time living up to that myself. I slept right through self-compassion uh, this afternoon. However. I strongly believe that that is something that one should aspire to do, and I'm working hard on that myself. And if I've done nothing else in the last 42 minutes and 37 seconds, I hope that uh, I've given you that important message and, again, uh, let you know, informed you of the awesomeness of the DoubleClicks, DoubleClicks.com, and... Uh, the upcoming show at the Triple Door in Seattle, uh, the 19th of November, 7 p.m., and it's an original Thanksgiving musical by Molly Lewis featuring the Double Clicks, uh, shows at 7 p.m. and 10 p.m., so 7 p.m. is too early for you. There's another show at 10 p.m. Uh, tickets are 25 bucks, which is not much. Uh, if I were in Seattle, and if I had 25 bucks, I would totally be going. But I'm not, and also, I don't have 25 bucks. Anyway, um, double clicks, nothing to prove. I entered this scene through rejection and honesty. Nerds weren't mean, they were weird, and that worked for me. After 10 years of teasing, when social skills failed me, Dungeons and Dragons cured all that ailed me. We read books, we played games, we made art, we watched Lost, we said things like D20, shipping, and mana cost. It felt good to be myself, not being mocked, still self-conscious though. We whispered things about jocks, but one day you grow up, come into your own. Now geeks not rejection. It's a label I own Then ignorant haters Come to prove me wrong Tell me I'm not nerdy enough to belong I've got nothing to prove I've got nothing to prove A funny one, go ahead How many comic books are there I haven't read? I know it feels good to have a contest you win It 
even better if I wanted in So women aren't peaks, is that your conclusion? But this is some secret club based on exclusion Twelve-year-old dorks would say you're being selfish And then they'd go right in their journals in Elvish I shouldn't need it This world needs all kinds of folks to complete it You've got gamers and artists and comic subscribers Cosplayers, crafters, and fan fiction writers You can stop, never say fake geek again Our club needs no bouncers, all we want in, get in But go ahead if you want to own that role fully Yes, indeed, the double clicks there with nothing to prove, and uh, I love it. I actually, it says double clicks and geek girls. Um, and if if you haven't seen the YouTube video, which I'm sure most people have, it's got like seven million hits on YouTube or something insane like that. Uh, if only, if only I could do something half as successful, quarter as successful as that, I would be a happy camper. But so far, no luck. Um, but it's important that uh, this geek culture, which again, uh, you think about it, the origins of which are what comic books, anime, manga, um, and gaming, whether it be tabletop or pen and paper or video games, uh, you know, that's all kind of it's been fringe elements of common culture so you know you look back at it and you think of it, think of it and you know the uh, guy or girl uh, that you know spends prom night uh, playing flight simulator instead of going to prom well they're a geek and social social reject and oh my god look at them god uh, or the, you know, the woman that would rather play Dungeons and Dragons or write a piece of fanfiction, um, uh, you know, that she's, you know, she lacks a social life she, because she would prefer to do that rather than go out to a, a club or something. Um, you know, it's the definition, to me, anyway, the definition of the term and the reason that that label became applicable was because it was this group of people that didn't fit in to the mainstream uh, pop culture, really. And, you know, suddenly, uh, with the uh, propagation of blogs and podcasts and YouTube and vlogs and uh, smartphones... Uh, and the Big Bang Theory and uh, similar phenomena, cultural phenomena. Uh, suddenly being a geek is cool. Um, 
and, and and I mean that's really Felicia Day hit it right on the head with I'm the one that's cool because now geeks pretty much rule the world. Uh, but by the same token, uh, suddenly it's a mainstream thing, and uh, obviously the point of nothing to prove or to me anyway is that if you want to call yourself a geek, go for it. Uh, you know, if you want to, you know, accuse someone of being a fake geek, either be it male or female, and I, I've been accused personally of being a fake geek, um, which, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna go there. Um, I call myself a geek. I feel like a geek. Uh, I feel like a geek because I'm not entirely mainstream. My social functioning is somewhat limited. And I feel like I'm intelligent. But I can kind of relate to other people. Uh, If I were intelligent uh, and my social skills were seriously lacking and... Uh, I only cared about niche topics that only uh, other people cared about, I would call myself a nerd, but I consider myself a geek. I consider geeks to be at a higher level of functioning than nerds. Um, That's just my personal opinion. But, I mean, call, hey, call yourself whatever you like. Uh, Just don't let other people call you things that weren't instigated by you. If, you know, um, the double clicks describe themselves as a nerd band, you know, it's in their literature. So, you know, that's the way they want to be known. And that's fun. That's cool. You know, but don't let other people, um, label you. Don't let other people define what you can and can't do. Uh, only you can determine that, you know, you don't have to prove yourself to others. Uh, others should take you at face value. That's the way it should be anyway. Alright. Hopefully I've killed enough time and I can go to sleep feeling like I've done something positive for the universe. Uh, Till next time, stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading, happy landings, geek on. <laughs>